everyone to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, as always, Tyler Crawley, and it's the last podcast before a three-day weekend, which normally, I guess on most podcasts, would be kind of a big deal, but I seem to always take Monday off, so I guess it doesn't really matter all that much. (laughs) Every weekend is a three-day weekend here at Markets and Mortgages. All right, we are going to be getting, we got a lot to get to. It's kind of a crazy week, like up and down, like one day we got a ton of data, next day, eh, not so much. And on Thursday, we actually got a lot. We're going to talk construction spending, we're going to get into jobless claims, and then, because this is Markets and Mortgages, We are gonna talk the latest data from Freddie Mac looking at mortgage rates. But real quick here, I wanna make sure, am I recording? I think I am, I'm recording. Yesterday, I got back from work and I was gonna record a show and I just wasn't feeling it. Like I actually laid down, took like a 10 minute, like a power nap at like five, six o'clock at night. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do the show, I need to, get this information out there. That is my job to bring you the information rain or, you know, rain or shine or whatever it may be, (laughs) whatever the, whatever the USPS motto is. So I'm like, all right, we do the show. So I record the show and I do a whole show. It was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't my best. It was a show. And I look down and I'm like, I didn't record it. (laughs) I didn't video it. I (laughs) I didn't even, I was just talking into the room. By my, which is amazing, it's the exact same thing. It is the, it is no different. I mean, when I was on the radio, I was just talking in a room. Now, sometimes I get a phone call, so at least I knew somebody was listening because someone was reacting to what I was saying. But we're doing a podcast, you don't have any idea. And so <laughs> I record it and I'm like, all right, let me see. And I look down and I literally had not recorded it, it just disappeared into the ether. It was gone. And that will not be the case today because I am recording both audio and video. So we are good to go. All right. Because we are recording, let's get into this data. Construction spending. Now, if you're listening to my fictional, well, it was a real show. So it wasn't fiction. It's not fictional. It's whatever it is, whatever, whatever, whatever the the tense I'm supposed to be using there. I, wa- I did mention construction spending was going to be happening on Thursday, and it did. And it did, as I predicted, fall, but just not as much as I thought. So construction spending for the month. Now, this data, of course, always comes out on the first of the month. So September the 1st, we get this data, but it's not, I always think, because usually reports are either from the month before or like Kay Schiller are a couple months behind, construction spending is actually technically two months behind. I was always kind of amazed. I remember when the reports would come out the first of the month, I'm like, man, they compile that data so fast. But they actually, they don't. The the, the September report is actually for July. So we are looking at construction spending in July, and it was down, but just barely. I mean, it was down 0.4% month over month. So not a big drop and well, I mean, that was way down. From June, we saw a 1.1% drop. However, this was the second month in a row that we saw a decline in construction spending. But here is the good news. Year over year, 
construction spending is still up 8.5%. So, okay, it's down a little bit month over month, year over year, up 8.5%. And then here is, you know, listen, economists right now are getting a lot of flack. <laughs> People are saying the Fed doesn't know what it's doing. And of course, most of the members of the Fed are economists. Uh, they look at some of these projections about the economy. Are we in a session? Are we not? Everyone's kind of hating on economists right now. And it's been hard. It's a hard job. It's a hard job right now because the economy is acting so bizarrely. But this month, with this data, they hit the nail on the head. They said that uh, construction spending was going to fall 0.4%, and it fell 0.4%. So there you go. Economists hit the... Usually, it's they're either too high or... They, perfect. Hit the nail right on the head. 0.4% drop, 0.4% drop. But let's face it. When we're talking about construction spending, especially this podcast, because we're usually talking about residential real estate, residential construction saw a bigger drop. They were actually down overall 1.5%. But once again, silver lining year over year up point, or excuse me, 14.1%, not just 0.1%, 14.1%. Single family, however, that's the probably the most important category, especially for what we talk about here on this podcast. They were actually down the most. 4%, the biggest drop of all the categories that we have discussed, they were down 4% month over month and are now only up 2.9% year over year. However, that's a lot better than what's happening with multifamily. That was down 0.6% month over month and is now down 1.2% year over year. And if you look back, at the National Association of Home Builders, they have their Home Builder Confidence Index. And no, I'm not talking about the last one where we fell under the break-even point. I'm talking about the July report. And if you remember, that one fell 12 points. It went from 67 to 55. And then, of course, the next month, August, we saw it drop under that break-even point. But in July, it fell 12 points. So if you look back at where builder confidence was, not surprising that we saw that 0.4% drop and the bigger single-family home drop of 4%. And here we are looking forward. So the next report's going to be August. And, well, you know, as I mentioned, the builder confidence index fell under the break-even point in August, we had Robert Dietz, the chief economist of the National Association of Home Builders, saying that we are in a housing recession. We have rates rising. I just can't imagine that the August report's going to be very good. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not an economist, so I'm not going to pretend to be one here on this podcast, but I don't think it's going to be that good. That's that's all I'm saying. Unless <laughs> something crazy happens. Uh, I have a feeling August is not going to be a great report. Probably more than likely three months in a row of declines looking at month over month data. And I mentioned rising rates. We know mortgage rates are continuing to climb. And that data was backed up in this week's report from Freddie Mac. Of course, their weekly survey looking at mortgage rates 
And this is for the week ending September the 1st. And they have the 30-year fixed up 11 basis points to 5.66%. That is now 279 basis points higher than one year ago. 15-year fixed rate mortgage was up 13 basis points to 4.98%. That is up 270 basis points from one year ago. So, I mean, we're talking about solidly over 5.5%, and the 15-year is now almost at 5%, according to Freddie Mac. So what was the analysis of this latest data? Sam Cater, Freddie Mac chief economist, argues that rising rates could put even more downward pressure on listing prices, which makes sense, saying, quote, the increase in mortgage rates is coming at a particularly vulnerable time for the housing market as sellers are recalibrating their pricing due to lower purchase demand likely resulting in continued price growth deceleration. And then we heard from Nadia Evangelou, senior economist over at the National Association of Realtors, who said that pretty much this is bad news for housing affordability. Now, what was kind of funny was that like the day before, there was a report from the National Association of Realtors, and they're like, yeah, we think that rates are going to stay right around five and a half. And then when this report comes out and they jump up to 5.66. But Evangelou says that data shows that the typical family in the U.S. can no longer afford to buy a median-priced home when mortgage rates rise above 5.7%. At that point, the typical family needs to spend more than 25% of their income on the mortgage payment, adding other expenses such as mortgage insurance, home insurance, taxes, and the expenses for property maintenance, home buying becomes burdensome for the typical family. I and mean, that's just the way it is, right? Rates move up while prices are still moving up. I mean, we haven't seen any data that home prices are starting to fall. There's some, but the problem is, is that Case Shiller, of course, the gold standard for home prices lags three months. And so it's slowing but we haven't seen any evidence of any price pullbacks. But here's (laughs) the real bad news, if you're ready for this, looking at it from a mortgage rate perspective. So this data is from Freddie Mac. The rates that we were just talking about, those are from Freddie Mac. But I mean, there's rates all over the place, right? I mean, rates change day to day. Everyone's got their own rates. We all know that. Well, Mortgage News Daily has day-to-day rates. You know, Freddie Mac has a weekly survey. Mortgage News Daily just sort of tracks what's happening every single day, mostly looking at mortgage-backed securities and kind of getting an idea of where rates are. And they have a much more dramatic climb for rates. I mean, they have the 30-year fixed at 6.23%. That's a 50 basis point jump from Friday. That's not even a week. I'm just talking about four days, four days, uh, Monday open to where we are now. They have the they have the 30 year fixed at six point two, three percent. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, mortgage rates are moving up. There's no doubt about that. And I mean, it's it's just sort of the reality of the situation. I mean, it, it, we, we got to be hoping for some better inflation data because that's going to be the catalyst that's going to help pull down rates. You see, inflation start to start to slow. 
And then if we see the economy kind of pull back a little bit, which everyone's, I mean, no one's rooting for a recession, but we're just saying like kind of a pullback. And then we could see rates sort of normalize, I guess would be the way to look at it. That's what everyone is rooting for to happen. And we got one month and people are saying, hey, CPI data, economists are projecting 0% month. That'd be two months in a row of 0% growth. So we will see. Now, one of the other factors for interest rates, more specifically the Fed funds rate, We know the Fed cares about two things. Their mandate is two things, labor market, prices. They obviously are very worried about prices. Jerome Powell gave that speech a week ago in which he said, listen, we are are concerned about inflation and we are going to do what is necessary, even if that means keeping rates elevated. And he invoked Volcker, which made everyone think, okay, rates aren't dropping anytime soon. But one of the things that is making it a difficult to say, I mean, because normally the Fed would be like, listen, we, we got to deal with inflation. There's no doubt about it. Is the labor market continues to be as tight as can be. And it just like is sort of, I think, confounding them a little bit because we're hearing about we got two negative quarters of GDP. And yes, we can have the debate about whether that's a recession or not. But the reality is it's not good. Anytime you have a contraction of GDP, it is not good. You're seeing other signs in the economy of a slowdown. You look at the stock market. I mean, raising interest rates. You have all these things. Obviously, the economy is slowing. Except for the labor market. (laughs) The labor market continues to be tight as as, as we've ever seen historically. It is so tight. And if you were hoping for some clarification this week, you were very disappointed. Because every day, every single day this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then today, we're getting labor market data. What's happening in jobs market? And so far, every day has been different. So what did we get to what did we get yesterday, I should say? That was initial jobless claims. We get this every week. The last two weeks, they fell. Economists had projected they were going to rise. Economists projected this week they were going to rise. So what did they do? They fell. <laughs> they fell for the third week in a roll job roll row. I was going for R-O-W, not R-O-L-L. Initial jobless claims were 232,000 for the week ending August 27th. That was a 5,000 claim decrease from the previous week's revised downward level. And that's what's also amazing about this is not only is it falling, it's falling on downwardly revised numbers. So every month it falls and then it gets revised downward for the next week and then it still falls again. I mean, it's crazy. This is the third week in a row that claims have fallen. Economists thought they were going to rise to 243,000. Now, as with real estate, with jobs, it's all local. Real estate is local. No, all real estate is local. That was the that's the that's my motto that I stole from Tip O'Neill. Instead of all politics is local, all real estate is local. But so are job markets, and Connecticut, which I think was the second biggest increase the prior week in initial claims. This week actually saw the biggest drop 
in claims, just over 1,800, followed by Missouri and Oklahoma. And then on the other side, we had New York, saw the biggest jump, 4,700 new claims, followed by Massachusetts and Michigan. And then if you're wondering, continuing claims were actually up for the week, about 26,000, so you know, not even statistically significant to 1.438 million. So for those keeping track at home, this is the bizarre week that we have had with regards to this labor market. So Tuesday, we got the JOLTS report, job openings. Economists thought they were going to fall. They increased 11.2 million. They thought they were gonna fall like 10% to under 11 million to like 10.4 or 5 million. They jumped up 11.2 million. So what does that tell us? Tight labor market, all right? Then on Wednesday, we got the new and improved ADP report. Oh, great, new ADP report. What did that say? Only 123,000 jobs created in August. Oh no, that's a a loosening labor market. Okay, maybe the uh, jobs opening data was was wrong. So we we got one tight, one loose, and then Thursday. Initial jobless claims fall (laughs) evidence of a tighter labor market (laughs) so what is going to happen today with the non-farm payroll i mean it's anyone's guess so the official prediction is three hundred thousand. but it was funny because john farrow jonathan farrow john farrow like i'm Drinking buddies with them. Johnny, Johnny boy. <laughs> Jonathan Farrow. I was like, John doesn't sound right. Jonathan Farrow. Over at Bloomberg, he posted all of the predictions from all the different firms on what's going to happen today with the payroll numbers. And they were, so the official number is 300,000, which kind of makes sense because it's funny because if you add up the, the, um, both of them, it comes out to about 300,000. <laughs> so the bottom number, the lowest prediction was from Pictet. Am I saying that right? I looked it up because I, I actually had not heard of this firm before. And it was uh, P-I-C-T-E-T. And I looked it up and they said it was Pictet. So I'm going with it. Pictet. Pictet said 160,000 jobs. So a little bit more than what we heard from ADP. And then JP Morgan was the biggest, the most optimistic. They said 452,000 created. So, I mean, if you add that up, the medium, the median or average, whatever you want to look at it is, I mean, it's the same kind of on this one. It's 300,000. <laughs> so maybe that's the number that we're going to get. And 300,000, uh, I mean, it's not Superman numbers, but it's pretty good. I mean, everything else in the economy is retracting except the labor market. So if we get 300,000, I think most people would be pretty happy with that. It's above the rate of replacement that we need. So, and then some. So we will see. Later today, we will get that data. And anyone's guess. (laughs) We're four days in and we have tight, loose, tight. And now we're going to see if we can get a nice even balance. Maybe this will be a lower number, a loosening. Oh, we got loosening data here. Loosening labor market, we shall see. All right, we are officially done. Almost exactly, almost exactly 20 minutes. A little bit over, a little bit over 20 minutes. You guys enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. 
We'll see you back here Tuesday. And I will be back Tuesday. I'm not going to make it a five-day or four-day weekend. It'll still be a three-day weekend here. Three-day weekends on markets and mortgages. We'll be here Tuesday for another podcast. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.